When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to another ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Are you frustrated and confused about how to attract new clients? Nothing you have done is working and you're tired of waiting for the phone to ring. Imagine learning the tips and tools that will help you get noticed and booked by your ideal client and paid what you're worth for your amazing services. Now's the time to make your dream a reality and the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will teach you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Hi everyone, it's Anne-Marie again with you for another amazing show and this is episode 161. Joining me today is a serial entrepreneur who has started 14 companies since she was 18 years old. And joining me is Andrea Lake. Now, Andrea loves business in the way that some people love football. I love that analogy. And she's currently an active CEO of Lessons.biz, StickerJunkie.com, Yoga Junkie, Delinquent Distribution and Mentor Mojo. Wow. And Andrea has also recently lectured on entrepreneurship at Harvard. And on today's show, Andrea is going to share money-saving tips that will dramatically reduce your costs if you're going to invest in a products company. Also, secrets to massively increasing your sales, especially if you're selling a physical product, getting your professional and personal brand the exposure it deserves, as well as how to develop a supportive community around you to facilitate your goals. Welcome to the show, Andrea. Thank you so much. It's so great to be on. Wow. So impressed. Since 18 years old, you have started 14 companies. That's a lot of experience and a wealth and depth of of knowledge that that you bring to the table for sure. Oh, thank you so much. It's been really fun. I just, um, I love starting businesses. I didn't know a thing about what I was doing at first, but I've gotten a bit better at it as the years have gone on. Why I love that is because I've got young teenagers, a little bit older than 18 now, but you know what? Entrepreneurship, it really is not limited to age. If you've got a great idea, you get, you know, people around to support and mentors. Gosh, business dreams, visions and dreams can certainly come true. Yes. Yes, for sure. A hundred percent. And I find that people who are really experienced business people love mentoring the up and comers. That certainly is the case with me. Well, speaking of mentors, what would you say is the best advice that you have ever received from one of your mentors? There has been so much, but probably two things. Number one would be to put a dollar figure on my time Mm -hmm. because I used to try and do every single thing in my companies. And my mentor called me and said, you can pack boxes better than anybody else that could work for you, but that is really not how you want to spend your time. Mm -hmm. So I just arbitrarily said my time is worth $20 an hour. And then I hired out anything that I could hire somebody to do for less than $20 an hour. Yes, massively expanded my companies. Yeah. And then the other thing is just to get the best team that you possibly, possibly can get. So I have a speech that I give to every one of my employees when they start working for me, which is 
don't be good. Don't be great. Be irreplaceable to me. Because if you are not irreplaceable to me, I promise you that I will replace you. And it sets that expectation high. And I find that people live into the expectation that you set for them. And then I get the best teams. And nobody is shocked if they don't make the cut. And as a result, I have the best employees like on planet Earth Mm -hmm. that anybody could ever have. Wow. Those two things I think are absolutely incredible because how often, as you've shared, how often as business owners do we try to do everything ourselves <laughs> and we don't value our time and really putting a dollar value onto it. I love that. In fact, I've written a note down because I'm having a conversation with one of my colleagues uh, in a couple of days and just sharing what you've just said, I think is going to be incredibly powerful for her. And also the fact too, I mean, how many business owners do you speak to that complain about about staff and they end up having to redo work or pick something up because the team is just not supporting them in the way that expectations and I love the way that you right at the start of the relationship be irreplaceable it gives you the permission to if they're not making the cut to let them go right and they all also operate under the knowing that I believe it is my job to make it an excellent awesome place to work in order to retain them as their talent. And so it's a very mutually beneficial trade. When I was starting out as an entrepreneur, you know, I hired people that I had personal friendships with. I even hired family members. And as a result, I would feel really badly if I needed to let them go or if I had to talk to them about sort of upping their game. Mm -hmm. And now even I do have friends that work with me, but the the expectation is set in that same place. So, So they get it that 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 is separate and work has to be really, really, you know, high functioning Mm -hmm. for everyone involved. Yeah. So Andrea, just on that note, because I think this is something that many entrepreneurs continue to struggle with. So you set that expectation. They're aware of what really does need to be done and how to contribute. If something is not working out and you would then go and have a, obviously have, have a talk and a discussion with that team member. Do you kind of go through, okay, three strikes and you're out, or is it one conversation and if the bar still not being achieved, achieved, then it's time to go. What you'd be able to share a little bit around that too, because I think that's going to be so helpful for people. Sure. It is three strikes and you're out. The first time I've talked with them I'm, and I'm also really transparent, which I also learned over business because before I would let things go to the point where I was frustrated by it mm-hmm. and then sort of too late. Yes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yes. And so I immediately have a conversation if someone's not living into the expectations that I would have for it. And also I offer them really a roadmap on how they can do way better. And then if I have to have this, the conversation the second time, it's very much like, mm. I cannot believe we're talking about this again. And if it happens again, th- this is just not going to work out. Yeah. So then by the third time, they're not surprised because mm-hmm. they know, you yes. know what's coming. <laughs> yeah. And I think yeah. what's really important is the fact that you've mentioned, you have a look, you set out, okay, here are the things that, are, that need to be done. And, and they have a roadmap, they have something that they know that they need to work towards. Because so often as leaders, we assume that people know what we want. And right. when anything to do with assumption is there, it's like how, yeah, it, it really is. So that clear clarity, that transparency is so important and addressing it sooner than later. Because often if we leave it too late, because let's face it, if, if it's someone that we are close with, we don't like having those awkward conversations, but those right. awkward conversations need to be had in order for us to, to grow our business. And I'm sure if it's being awkward for you, it's, there's something awkwardness for them as well. And they realize that they're not living up to your expectations. So very, very important. So speaking of, of 
dealing with things sooner than later. I know in business, hindsight is such a great thing. Being able to look back and thinking, oh, if only I had done this better or done this sooner or whatever. So what would you say would be one thing that you know now that you wish you had known when you were just starting out your business? Oh, just one. (laughs) Well, if you've got a couple, feel free to share. (laughs) Well, first of all, there is a tenant that I talk about a lot in entrepreneurship that I wish I would have done when I started out, which is 10% of all my profit. I wish I would just have socked it away because I didn't create enough of a safety net for myself Mm -hmm. whenever I ended up having some road bumps. So that was a hard lesson learned. And then also... Honest to God, I just wish that I knew about having the right team around me in the beginning because I didn't. And then I would feel guilty. And and, and like I was very empathetic towards my employees if they were having like personal issues or if, the, if things were drifting into the workplace, but it would only get worse from that point. And now that I'm, I'm very clear in a very loving way of like, it's not that I don't care what's going on. It's that it cannot affect your work because I don't have time for it too. So that if it does, that's not going to work out well. Mm. Because I found that when I just would give allowances, it just would not go very well. Mm. <laughs> you know, yes. like, oh, you're having a problem. So you can work at home for a little while. And then I would notice the work dripping off or something of that nature. So I wish that I would have understood how to manage people better straight yeah. away from the beginning. And I think it's it's really around those key issues that you spoke about, particularly around people, that is going to make all of the difference because, and, and I'm sure in all of your businesses, because some of them, some of the people who are listening, of course, are, are solopreneurs, so they're not yet mm-hmm. at that time where they have team, yet you need to start thinking of team before you get to the point where you actually do need team because it allows mm-hmm. you then to look at, okay, what are all of the things that I'm working on? Again, that, that time factor, what can I outsource? And then you have to start to be comfortable having those conversations because it's not just that immediate task. It's the energy, it's the time that you expend, or if there's such a word, but that you even think about, oh my goodness, I need to fix that up. It's that whole energy because you could be diverting that energy to putting it together a proposal for the next best client mm-hmm. or a presentation that you know is going to get you out in front of thousands of your ideal clients. Yet if you've got to run around putting out fires for your team members who are not you know, living up to their expectations, that the cost to us is far greater than just on face value. Yes? Yes, yes, I agree with you. And for the solopreneurs, because I was a solopreneur for a long time, my best advice is really do put that dollar figure on your time. Because if you could spend an hour getting in front of your ideal clients or making sales calls, and that hour could yield you $200, Mm. and you could be hiring somebody out for a $10 an hour thing that you're doing of like labeling the envelopes for, you know, to send out (laughs) catalogs or something, then you really are selling yourself short and you're selling your business short by doing those really menial tasks that could be really great for somebody else. It could be a really good opportunity for them to sort of see entrepreneurship from the inside out by working starter office job. Yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes you hear entrepreneurs saying, you know what, well, it only takes five minutes. It only takes five minutes. There's no such thing. And so if it only takes five minutes, it needs to be put on a list and then that outsourced. I think that's such a a great reminder. So I know, Andrea, that you spend a lot of your time now teaching entrepreneurship. I'd love you to spend a little bit of time just sharing. Why is that? Why are you so passionate about teaching entrepreneurship? 
Do you know, it's because when I was coming up, the internet did not exist in the way that it does today. Mm -hmm. And so it was really hard. <laughs> like, it was a lot harder than it needed to be because to find the right resources, you know, you had to directly get in front of the right mentors. And so I was quite lucky and I was very tenacious about finding those mentors. So it did work out well for me. But just the fact that we live in a world where you can at your fingertips have access to mentors who have done exactly what you wanted to do. It's why we created lessons.biz and it's why we created Mentor Mojo mm -hmm. was because I was making the same mistake that my current business partner who started a company called Tap Out was making in my clothing company. And had we been in contact with each other or had we been in contact with, say, the guy who had started Hurley or Billabong or one of the companies that had been around longer, mm -hmm. we wouldn't be making those mistakes. Yes. And so it would have hyper accelerated our businesses. Yeah. And so it's just exciting to me and it's exciting to see like when I do lecture, I lecture a lot at the business schools in America and hopefully soon in Australia. Um, it's so fun. Like it's so contagious, that vibe of the 19, 20, 21, 22 year old who's like just getting their feet wet with their first business and being able to help them even just a little bit. There's, I can't think of a better feeling. Yeah, I know. You know, my daughter has just started up her own health and, and fitness. And oh. um, and so now it's as a time, you know, as an opportunity to spend time together, I said, oh, well, you can start training me. And you know what, sometimes we just get started on the business of, of business, you know, marketing <laughs> ideas. And before we know it, like half an hour is gone. But it really is, is fun because, you know, I can certainly share things with her and, and she's, you know, certainly implementing and, and just learning as much as she can. But I love the way that you've said, you you know, by sharing and by connecting with other entrepreneurs, people who have been and are already a pound of the ground, so to speak, they have made mistakes. And if we can learn from them, we can save time, energy, heartache by going, you know what, this is a better direction. And I think, yeah, I can see why you're so passionate about that. And they've certainly um, start up a lot of resources, which we'll share at the end of the show. And we'll also list on the, the show notes as well. Now, speaking of entrepreneurship, can you kind of pinpoint a pivotal moment in your life, Andrea, where you went, hmm, I know, I want to become an entrepreneur? <laughs> <laughs> there really were several, but I do remember driving down the road one day in San Diego where I grew up. And I like, I saw a car dealership on one side and I saw a Denny's restaurant on the other side and I saw a Hilton hotel. And it was like something cracked open in my brain where mm. I said, some person, a single one person started that company, started Hilton mm. hotels or Toyota, the car itself or the dealership that was selling the cars. And those people are not different from me and I could do that. And it just became really evident to me that, that, that that's what I wanted to do. I didn't ever want to work for anybody else. And I did for a very short time work for someone else. And it made it even more clear <laughs> that what I really wanted to do was to have my own businesses. Yeah. And I guess when you speak to a few people and kind of ask people to, to what define what an entrepreneur is, we get some great, you know, great feedback. But I remember <laughs> for me, it was the thought of being able to be in control and generating income, you know, and that was mm -hmm. based on not someone a restrictive, well, that this is the wage and that's what you get each week and that's just the expected thing. But, and you know, when I, when I was 10, we moved to a farm and then I realized, 
oh, I could, so, you know, my very first business venture was, believe it or not, selling tadpoles. I'm going to, we saw all these tadpoles, saw them, but you know what, if we package them up and we sell them at the end of the street, some guy must have felt sorry for us and bought the whole bag. I think we had, you know, one tadpole, 20 cents or whatever it was. <laughs> but then, you know, from there, and I had multiple streams of income, which included a manure business because I had horses. So we would recycle and that would allow me to buy saddles and, you know, other things as well. And yeah, it's just something it's, and none of my family were entrepreneurs. So sometimes it's just something that's in you, a spark, isn't it? And it's so so incredibly humbling and exciting to have been given the opportunity. And there's, there may be people listening today who are in paid employment and have had that spark and that desire to, you know, want to, to, what would you say to someone that is listening today, Andrea, who has been thinking about starting up their own business yet has been a little bit apprehensive today? What would you say? Well, actually, I really can relate to that because I took a job when I was 22 after I had already started my first company as Mm -hmm. an escrow officer, Mm -hmm. closing the escrow on people's homes. And it was a corporate office job. But every day I would go to work there from, you know, like seven o'clock in the morning until five o'clock at night. And then for the second that I would get home from 530 until about one o'clock in the morning, I would just work on my own company. And it felt so good. It was invigorating. You know, I look back and I don't understand how it wasn't draining, but it wasn't because Mm -hmm. I was so excited about this company. And I kept thinking, isn't it nice that I have the security of this job and this paycheck while I build my dream? And Mm -hmm. I did that for about nine months. And then one day I took a day off. And I really went to every single store that I could think of that would want to buy this product. They were t-shirts. And I made $1,200 that day. And I thought, I will never be poor again. I do not need to keep this job. Yes. And then I left the job. So there's actually quite a bit of security in having a job. Just go home and work on your dream. You don't have to be as extreme as I was, Mm. but for two or three hours a night. And you'll be astonished at what you can get done over the course of a month, two or three hours a night, you know, and and several hours on the weekend. It's like putting in two weeks of work. Yeah. And I love that, you know, and and previously I was a career counselor, you know, practitioner, Mm. and we call that like a portfolio career. You don't have to make a decision one or the other. You can have mm-hmm. both. And I think that's great to build your business as you're also working as part of um, paid employment. And then what you said, you start building your business slowly. And from there, you can make that decision to transition into your business. And isn't that a great, a great problem to have that your business <laughs> is getting so successful that it's kind of like, oh my goodness, I need to free up some more time. And you know, when you plan things out and you get the right support, the right mentorship and the right framework to follow then that certainly is is a dream for that anyone can you know have come true for them if they follow the right steps so what advice do you have for listeners who want to become an entrepreneur they haven't taken that plug we've reached out to that but maybe they have started maybe they have started but they are struggling and yeah they're wondering have I made the right decision what advice would you have for that entrepreneur Well, I find that people that are in that situation fall into one of two categories. Either they actually are trying to sell something that nobody wants to buy, Mm -hmm. or they want to sell something, but they're not getting enough exposure on their brand. Yes, And so it's very easy to decide what category it's in. If you show your brand to, let's say, a really large number of people, like 500 people Mm -hmm. and zero people buy it, and they're in your target audience, like let's say you're targeting 25 to 30-year-old women and you show it to 500 of them and none of them purchase, 
mm-hmm. then it might not be the best idea or it might be incorrectly priced or there could be a fundamental problem. But let's say you have had 100 people come to your website, your 25 to 30 year old women, and four of them bought something, but it's your only four sales. Yes. That's an incredibly good conversion rate. So it really just means you need to figure out how to get eyes on your website. Mm-hmm. So I'm very big on MVPs or minimum viable products, which just means testing your concept for the least amount of money possible. So throw up a quick website. There are many services that can help you do it. Leadpages.net is one that I personally use. I've used onbounce.com. I think Leadpages is better. And just throw up a little website and see if anybody purchases what you have to sell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> one thing that you speak about in that, and I'd love to just touch on this topic because I know a number of people have start their own business and they may launch a couple of things. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. the results that they dreamed about just didn't make it. And then they go, I'm a failure. I can't do this business stuff. So as someone who has started 14 companies, I'm sure you've got such a wealth of experience and words of advice to share with someone. Talk a little bit about that, you know, whole concept of of failure. And because I'm sure that there may have been situations where you've launched something and it was kind of like, hmm, that was going to go a little bit differently that I had thought of. (laughs) What advice do you have to someone who's sitting there at the moment thinking, oh, everything that I've tried to do is just not really worked? Well, there's a couple of pieces of advice. I actually had a company that was on Oprah for an entire hour and it failed. It failed as badly as something can fail. And I had personally financed it and Mm -hmm. I ended up $1.2 million in debt. So I am super familiar with failure. (laughs) But the best lesson really is just to get back up. It really just doesn't matter because if you keep trying things, something will work. Mm -hmm. And I am remiss to call things a failure too soon as well. Really, a lot of times you just need to tweak the concept that you have, tweak the pricing that you have, make it something that people actually want to pull out their wallet and buy from you. And so a lot of times people will say to their friends, their good friends, these are the wrong people to ask, would you buy such and such, like showing them your tchotchke. Mm. And those friends, of course, are going to say yes. (laughs) A far better thing to do (laughs) is for the least amount of money possible, get some prototypes made of whatever it is that you want to sell. And then say, do you want to buy this for $20? Mm. And then see how many people actually pull out their wallet and purchase it. That's your best indicator of whether or not what you're going to have works. Also, don't hold on to the concept until it is air quotes ready. Mm. Like I forget who said it, but some very famous entrepreneur said, if you aren't embarrassed by the first release of your company, then you're launching too late. And I couldn't agree more. Just put something out there that's representative of your concept and see if people buy it. And then if they don't, you have some work to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting because how often do we get stuck in that whole cycle of perfectionist, being a perfectionist? Mm -hmm. And uh, as you said, uh, because the marketplace, the results, the the feedback that you get, often when you're asking the right questions too, of course, the feedback that you get can be absolutely invaluable to Mm -hmm. further development of a product or the advancement and things like that. And and so often if we keep that to ourselves, it's never going to evolve to the point where people just absolutely love that and you've got a, you know, a great product. So how can people get in contact with you? How can they find out more about you and the great work that you're doing, Andrea? 
Well, they can actually through MentorMojo or Lessons.biz. There's tons and tons of information on me there. And then I have AndreaLake.com, mm-hmm. uh, which they can go and check out. It's being redone. It's quite an old site, actually. <laughs> so, <laughs> But it still has a ton of info on there. Yes. And I always love to hear from entrepreneurs. So definitely reach out to me. Terrific. So from an entrepreneur perspective, I mean, you've got a lot of fingers in different pies. Is anything mm-hmm. new and exciting on the horizon for you, Andrea? Because entrepreneurs always come up with great ideas. Anything in, in store <laughs> for you or... Yes, I, I keep mentioning it, but lessons.biz is the most exciting thing that I'm working on right now. It is a six week course on exactly for real how to start a t shirt company, start to finish with myself because I owned the sales rights on massive video game brands mm-hmm. Minecraft, World of Warcraft, Call oh, of Duty, fabulous. The Walking Dead, The Hobbit, all of their apparel. Yeah. And my business partner started Tap Out, which is a large apparel company in Australia and in the US and worldwide. Mm-hmm. And so we've put together a program to hand walk people through on exactly how to do it. And it is because it was so hard for us in the beginning. (laughs) And we love to watch people's journeys. And if somebody is going to start an apparel company anyways, we we would definitely want them to have the huge advantage of knowing the right way to actually do it. Because we both spent just thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars unnecessarily in the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, thank you so much for coming on the show, Andrea. And uh, I'm sure that, yeah, if if people are are thinking about uh, starting a business or they're in business, yet things aren't turning over as as they thought it would, then certainly uh, encourage them to reach out to you. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's just a pleasure. And thanks for all you do for up and coming entrepreneurs. I think it's just fantastic. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you go we'll certainly put all of the uh, incredible links that you can connect with uh, Andrea on our show notes just go to ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash AES161 they will be listed there now if this is the very first time that you have joined us for the show it really has been an honor to spend the the last 20 or so minutes with you you've I'm sure have picked golden nuggets that you can now go think about and implement within your business remember you are not alone reach out and ask there is never a silly question when it comes to business and Andrea or some of the things that she might have spoken about today is what you needed to go out and um, generate results in your business. Now, please subscribe to our iTunes channel. The notes, the link is on the show notes. And if you're not on iTunes, you can certainly do that at Stitcher. Anyway, that's enough for me. We'll see you again next week. For now, have a fabulous week, everyone. Bye for now. You've been listening to the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show. Do you want to promote your business to tens of thousands of other ambitious entrepreneurs, both nationally and internationally? I invite you to reach out and learn more about our customized sponsorship packages by emailing beasponsor at ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com. That's beasponsor at ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com and we'll send you out further details. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.